You are now listening to Chat with Betty, the podcast, your number one spot for all things boss babes. From inspiration to wellness and some candid moments with Betty Golko, your host. Stay tuned and get ready to chat. On episode 6, season 2, I chat with Dr. Peter Lin, co-author of the book, Not a Partnership, why we keep getting marriage wrong and how we can get it right. Dr. Peter Lin has served as Dean of Students at the David Robinson Institute for Jewish Heritage since its inception. He has a master's in applied positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania and a doctorate in human and organizational psychology. Dr. Peter Lin lectures at Turo College in Jerusalem. He is also the founder and director of Greatness Within Seminars. There, he helps empower individuals and organizations through the application of positive psychology. He is an accomplished athlete and Ironman finisher. Peter was captain of the U.S. World Dorothon team. He lives in Jerusalem with his family. Tune in to the episode today. Welcome, Dr. Peter Lin, to Chat with Betty, the podcast. It's so incredible to finally have you on after such a long time. I've enjoyed your book. Welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's really a privilege to be here. I've been following you and seeing everything you're doing, and it's really awesome. So thank you so much. I'm glad it worked out. Yay, you're so sweet. Okay, <laughs> so let's just dive right in. I, I have so many things to talk about, to ask, to get to know more about from the author of the book, Not a Partnership, why we keep getting marriage wrong and how we can make it right. I mean, the topic alone is like, yes, we all need this. Am I right? You should know it's it's fascinating. It's, it's the most important area of our life. And it's the place that we're usually the least prepared for. And um you know, people don't realize that there's so much you can do to actually be great at your marriage. And we're hoping that this book is something which can kind of add to that collection of great tools that people can actually use to integrate into their life to get the marriage that they want. Yes. I mean, I always advocate for this concept that let's go to therapy before we get married instead of waiting until we get to that position of, oh my gosh, we're stuck. What do we do? Run to therapy and hope that that's going to like quickly salvage everything. So I think this book needs to be on the top shelf list prior to marriage, including counseling, couple counseling, and just as you said, courses. And hello, let's just start off right away. I mean, should we do that? Let's go. Go for it. Okay. You decided to name this book, not a partnership. I mean, honestly, when I hear the word partnership, my instinct is to say, well, hmm, isn't that kind of like what marriage is a partnership? So let's just dive into the fact, why are you choosing this word and what does it mean to you? Okay. So I'll tell you like this, the disclaimer is like this, (laughs) or the spoiler alert is that marriage really can be the ultimate partnership. Mm. But we did a lot of research. If you look at businesses, okay, most business partnerships fall apart quite fast. Right. And it's a fascinating thing. And the reason is because like this, if you and I open a business together, okay, what happens? I have the things that I'm responsible for. And these are the things that you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. Very soon into our relationship, I begin to ask myself the question, hey, are you holding up your end of the deal? Mm-hmm. That's right. And maybe there's some resentment and maybe I'm a little frustrated. Maybe I think, hey, it could be better with X, Y, and Z. 
And therefore, if you look at the standard under way of how a person sees what a partnership is, if we approach our marriages that way, we are done very fast. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if you want your marriage to be amazing and you want it to be what it can be, we've got to look at it with a totally different paradigm. That makes a lot of sense, you know, because I think a lot of times in any relationship, but particularly marriage, it tends to get into this vibe of tit for tat, you know, calculating how many things did he do in the home? I did a hundred. He only did two. And it's like this game that you end up playing where it's not a unit of equally loving and sharing the different tasks that we all have to bring to the table, right? It's a, it's a huge problem. And once you go down the tit for tat road, you're finished. It is going to end in a disappointing way. Bet money on it. Okay. If the odds, if you're betting on that couple in Vegas and they're in a tit to tat, you know, tit for tat kind of paradigm mentality, it's over. So what, one of the things we wanted to do in our book was we wanted to say, okay, if marriage is not a partnership, well, what's the definition of a marriage? Because if you can't define something, you got no chance to build it. So the definition of how we describe what a marriage is, and it's, we've seen it just to be such a powerful paradigm, is a marriage is, let's say, me with my spouse. The way I look at a marriage is my job is I'm going to give my life totally to the other person. I'm going to do everything I can to invest in their well-being, to empower them to be great, to be there for them through thick and thin, and to give them whatever they need so they can flourish. Mm-hmm. When I look at my wife that way, with that mindset, and she does the same towards me, now you have something called a marriage, which can be something which can absolutely change your life in the most powerful way possible. Wow, right. So it's when we're going into the marriage and while we're in the marriage, we are constantly viewing it in the way that my essence and role in this place of marriage is to simply give and allow my abilities to be supporting them and vice versa. Even more than support, to make them the best that they can be. You are the ultimate cheerleader for the other person and vice versa. Now you put two people in a relationship like that and that's your mentality now when you go into a marriage, that's a different ballgame. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we don't go into it that way. Yes, expectations, feelings that they're going to uh, be your savior or something of that sort, that they're there to do everything for you or, or whatnot, as opposed to with you. Right. With you. And even more than that, that they're, you know, my mission is in life. When I stand under the marriage campaign, no matter what race or religion you are a part of, when I say I do what I am signing on the dotted line is I am committed to doing everything in my willpower, everything in my life, to give you the existence that you deserve. Wow. So that's, that's incredible because first and foremost, I love doing that defining what is marriage. That's the topic at hand guys. So what is marriage? And just as Dr. Peterlin so beautifully said, that is what marriage should be looked at, viewed, thought of, and continue to do, which I have so many questions to add to that, but let's, (laughs) let's stay focused because you know, Many times, right, we see couples who are together for whatever extended amount of time and then they get married and it's always this blissful moment and as they call it, honeymoon time where you may feel that way. Oh my gosh, I I love him or her so much. I can't wait to just do everything. I'm so excited. But the question that's popping to my mind is how do we upkeep that? How do we keep that mentality in our lives and to our spouses 
throughout the dynamics of however long we are together for life. <laughs> right. So I'll tell you an, an, a crucial paradigm. Okay. And people make this mistake. Okay. And if you remember this paradigm, it will be a total game changer in your marriage. Great marriages don't happen. Great marriages are built. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's fascinating that everything in life works, that there's a stage of kind of inspiration and things get old. That happens with clothing, that happens with, you know, food, that happens with, you know, cars, technology, and it happens in relationships. Mm-hmm. And what, unfortunately, what happens like this is that people have this, you know, honeymoon period, there's romance, there's energy, it's, I'm, 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 you know, I can't stop thinking about you. And then that fades. What mistake do they make? They think to themselves, wow, you know what? I guess this isn't the one because if it was the one, those feelings would continue forever. Mm-hmm. And those feelings don't continue forever in anything. Right. They don't continue here. And at that point, when all of a sudden that begins to fade, that's when the relationship begins. When the person says, you know what? I'm going to proactively make this amazing. Mm. And if you spend your marriage in reactive mode, waiting for those things to happen, you're going to be waiting for a long time. And people who live their marriages where they say, I'm going to build this thing to make it awesome. All of a sudden you think that honeymoon period was great. I can make it 10 times better. It's fascinating. I I recall reading in the book a part that is exactly what you're sharing, which was be the giver. And I remember I said, you know what, I'm just going to try this for a week where literally anything I do, I'm only looking at it and as a place of not because I, you know, I need to, or I'm supposed to, or maybe he's going to be upset if I don't, I'm going to do it from a place of being the giver. And I'll tell you really briefly, it was very late at night. My husband came home and I know he loves food. (laughs) And usually it irritates me because I think, well, you should have eaten by now. It's 12 o'clock at night. I'm not going to make you another thing. But I said, no, no, no. I read the book, not a partnership. Let's do this, Betty. And I said, would you like something to eat, honey? And I, and I whipped up a little salad and I said, here, and I didn't do it with any strings attached. I did it from my heart and I said, just give, just give. And little by little, guys, I'm telling you, it works because I started to feel connected on a different level. And it makes so much sense, right? It, it's so obvious when you talk about it, but why? Why do we just lose that and forget? It's so fascinating. I'll tell you why, because it takes effort. Mm-hmm. And people have this paradigm in their head when it comes to marriage that marriage should be effortless. Mm-hmm. Because if it was really the perfect person, it would just be bliss forever. You know, and unfortunately, we live in a world today, whether it's social media, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's maybe that, that that's our, our understanding of what romance is, of what it means to live happily ever after. And but we don't apply to anywhere. Look at yourself. You are a, a successful person in so many ways of the things that you have built and what you have done with your life. You put a lot of hard work and effort in to make that happen. Right. You probably never sat back and said, well, it's just going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, well, it meant to be. It doesn't work that way. Right. We see clearly everywhere else in our life that we've got to give and we've got to invest. Mm-hmm. Your marriage is no different. Do you think that perhaps this whole social media world and the Hollywood movies or whatnot increase this view that the expectations are skewed? Listen, I think that it's very difficult. Number one, the world of Hollywood, you never really see the major part of the relationship and the most important part, which is, you know, when the couple rides off into the sunset 
and then the credits roll. That next day is when the marriage actually begins. Like what happens? Never see that. Mm-hmm. Number two, in the world of social media, it's very difficult because in the world of social media, what you have, and I love social media and I think it's a powerful tool, but there are issues there. And one of the biggest issues that happens is that as you're scrolling, let's take Instagram yeah. and you're seeing every couple and you're seeing everything they're doing, what you're seeing is the best of the best of people's relationships. And you're seeing them on that vacation, looking a certain way with a certain energy. And you're seeing these snapshots, which cause a lot of stress on individuals because we say to ourselves, well, where's that magic in my own relationship? Mm-hmm. How come I'm not at that moment right now? And that's a big problem. So I think that whether it's the world of Hollywood, whether it's the world of social media, and again, there's a lot to say about that topic. I think these things do take away from us putting in the hard work and effort of what it takes to have an amazing marriage. I agree. I agree. And trust me, <laughs> I have it too, ironically, which is I always remind everyone that just because perhaps a lot of times you might view me as I'm the one who's showcasing a lot of positivity, I too am a, a guilty of falling for these things, even though I know firsthand how much it takes to go into creating the images and the photos and looks and the stories, et cetera. So it's, it's amazing, you know, even the more so someone who's not involved in that world, how much it might um, trigger their mind to believe something to be 100% the truth. Um, 100%. And that's a, that's a whole nother discussion and it's a fascinating one, but I wanted to just dive into this concept about positive psychology, right? So, you know, it's self-explanatory in many ways, but I know that you mentioned that in the book and you focus on incorporating that. Can you share with us a little bit about that? So, you know, people often ask, I, I, I have a degree, a master's degree in positive psychology. So everyone wants to know, like, what is that? You know, when you think of that, you think of like a happy face. And the basic thing about it is like this. The world of psychology is built on a disease model, which is what? Here are the issues. Let's fix them. Positive psychology says, okay, let's look at things a different way. Where are things going right and how can we make more of those things? Mm -hmm. And that's really kind of the paradigm of how positive psychology views things. And what positive psychology has is many things called positive interventions, Mm -hmm. proactive things that you can do in your life that can get you from okay to good or good to great, but that can increase more well-being in your existence. Okay. And what we do in the book is we take lots of research from positive psychology and we apply it to how a person can actually make their marriage amazing. Okay. Can you give us a few, the simple samples? I'll give you one simple thing right now and we can do more, but I'll give you one to start with. Okay. The world of gratitude. Yeah. Okay gratitude is an amazing thing. Okay. Let me tell you a world-class piece of advice. If you want to destroy any relationship in your life, let's say you want to destroy, I don't care who it is, parent, sibling, spouse, child, walk around with the attitude that people owe you. (laughs) Okay. Guarantee you'll work, money back, no problem. Okay. The world of gratitude and the benefits that come from it are awesome. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what happens is that we're great at gratitude all over the place. There's nowhere close to the level of gratitude that there should be when it comes to our marriage. Right. And that means feeling it and expressing it. And when people bring gratitude into their marriage, again, feeling it and expressing it, it can be one of the biggest game changers to bring you close to your spouse to create amazing chemistry. Because just think about it. 
you know, if I had to make a list of all the things my wife has done for me today, okay, it's huge. Right. Forget the, you know, the 18 years of our marriage. And, you know, it's a funny thing, you know, you go to Starbucks, okay? And as you're walking out of Starbucks, you paid, you know, $15 for your Frappuccino <laughs> and you leave your credit card. And someone comes running after you and they say, excuse me, sir, you forgot your credit. You're like, wow, you can't believe it, right? I, I can't, you're the greatest person in the world. You take a selfie, you call the guy on Christmas, you know, you tell everyone about it. You know, you post all over social media, greatest <laughs> right. guy in the world. This guy could have just robbed two <laughs> banks. And then decided he needed a coffee. So like, okay, so great. He didn't steal your credit card. Mm -hmm. Okay. What happens though? In my marriage is a fascinating thing. Okay. My wife is doing everything for me nonstop throughout the day. When does she get my gratitude? When she goes way beyond the call of duty. Right. And what happens when she goes one little snippet below the call of duty? <laughs> I'm a frustrated husband. Time out. <laughs> that comes from the world of expectations. Yep. And so, for example, this idea of positive psychology speaks a lot about the world of gratitude, about bringing it into your life. And what we speak about in the book is how to actually bring that into your marriage and doing things where you can learn how to feel more gratitude and express more gratitude in your marriage is an awesome thing that has a huge impact in a very fast manner. I love it. I absolutely love it. And you hit everything on point. And again, guys, I cannot reiterate this book is just so on point. It's so clear and concise. So yes, gratitude. And we all know that gratitude is so important, even for our own mental health and well-being, nevertheless, for our marriage. And yeah, it's exactly as you mentioned, it's expectations, because after a certain amount of time, we get spoiled, you know, we get spoiled. And we're like, well, you, of course you're going to take care of that. And of course you're going to do this. Why would I do that? Right. That's your job, but it's so beautiful. It's really the concept, in my opinion, using all of these behavior changes to allow ourselves to build new habits and to recreate and continue to create positive environment and feelings towards each other and ourselves. Right. Yep. You got it. I'll give you one more small thing. One more, another idea that we threw in there that, the world of positive psychology, there's a lot of discussion about, and I'll make it, I'll try and make it simple that the idea of vacations, mm -hmm. what people mm -hmm. don't realize is that, you know, if you have to plan a vacation and you want your vacation to increase your well-being, you're going to gain much more from lots of small vacations rather than for waiting for that one big vacation. And what we do is we speak about this when it comes to our marriages is that a lot of marriages unfortunately lack that freshness. Mm, mm -hmm. Where's that energy? Where's the vitality? Where's the romance? And one of the things we speak about in the book is something called a mini vacation. Okay. Because when I think of vacation, I think of a lot of money. Where am I going to find a babysitter? You know, when am I going to find a time at work? But imagine this now. Okay. My wife and I both work in, let's say city X. And all of a sudden what happens? It's a Tuesday night. We get a babysitter for the evening. My wife and I meet for dinner. Then we check into hotel, whatever it may be, a beautiful evening. The next morning we have breakfast and back to work. So you had about a 12 hour vacation. You sprinkle that into your marriage every two to three months. What you're going to see is a huge increase as far as your desire for one another, your connection to one another. Unbelievable. So that's maybe another example of you know, taking a concept in positive psychology and putting into the world of marriage. So how would you say that compares to, let's say, date night, maybe a week, once a week, same thing or in addition? I think same thing. 
the more you can do things like this, the world of a date night, I find is one of the most important things. Unfortunately, what happens is date night, everyone talks about it and also everyone cancels it. Hmm. You know, I don't cancel anything else in my life. I teach here. I got to do this here. I got to meet with this client. I don't cancel that. Comes to Tuesday night dinner. Sorry, honey, something for work. Hmm. And, and what happens with, when we speak to most couples when it comes to date night, they all say it's so important, but all of them get to a place where it becomes really inconsistent. If a person can make a date night a serious part of their marriage where it doesn't budge, obviously for certain emergencies, great. Right. And that date night is you go out, you look good, you make an effort for each other, you turn off your phones and you connect for a couple of hours. The spillover is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it's so fascinating. I wonder your opinion about this concept. Why is it such, is this like a cultural thing or a psyche thing that relationships kind of become, you know, towards the bottom? Now, I don't mean that harshly. I just mean in general, just as you mentioned, like our careers, we wouldn't take off or we wouldn't cancel unless we needed to, right? But at date night, we might say, oh, I'm too tired. Just forget it tonight, right? So where do you think that comes from? So I think it comes from, you know, what I, my, my opinion that there's no real consequences if I cancel my date night with my wife. Mm-hmm. There's a consequence if I don't get that project done tomorrow because I'm going to walk into work and my boss can say to me, hey, where is it? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, people wake up in their marriages too late. Mm-hmm. People wake up raising their children too late. Right. And that's a huge problem. Wow. So if you're so, so since there's no urgency in my marriage, so. I don't have to deal with, you know, I cancel here, cancel there. Okay, we'll do it next time. No no one's going anywhere. She'll get over it. I'll get over it. But my boss at work tomorrow morning, he's going to say to me, what's doing? And if it's in, if it's not in, that's a problem. That's so interesting. It makes sense. So do you think that perhaps marriage is viewed more like it's not, we're not committed really the way we talk about it? So I'm just being totally honest with you. I think that. I think that one of the biggest problems that we have in the world of marriage is that the gap between what we say we want and what's really going on inside is quite large. Mm-hmm. You're not going to meet people where, who've gotten married and they'll say, yeah, my marriage is priority number 23. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to say, my marriage is everything. I live for my family. That's why I work. Mm. But you know what? where you really can see where someone's priorities really are is in the world of action. Mm -hmm. And even though it's hard to admit it, if I find I'm not giving time to my wife, I don't go out of my way for my marriage. I don't like, it's a serious thing. That's a clear indication of where things are really up to as far as where is it really my priority? Not what I say it is, but actually in reality, where is it? That's true. And it's so unfortunate and scary because I think that not a lot of people are really willing to be honest. And it's just, as you said, unfortunately, when it becomes so intense, the negative feelings and the hurt feelings that it's almost, I don't want to say that, but it's almost too late. And why don't we have this perception where we had this book under the the wedding and we read it together and we start implementing these things and build those habits where it's part of our lifestyle as a family, as opposed to a stressor or an add on or you know, a a frustration to something else we have to do in our lives, as opposed to, no, I love this dynamic and I want to continue to be loving. In fact, I want it to grow. So let's just build 
are such are set like that. So for example, we wake up, we eat breakfast, we have our coffee. That's not like a question or frustration. Why wouldn't it be the same attitude towards date night or giving or gratitude? And I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect, obviously, and I find it super challenging at times too. And I would love to tap into that because what do you say when there's a couple and one is perhaps trying to implement these things? And I know you discussed three paradigm changes and four pillars of giving. How do you help a couple who one is not necessarily putting in a lot of effort? And it's obviously challenging to continue doing these things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's very hard. It's probably one of the most common questions that we get. Okay. And I, I would tell you like this, I think that there are, there are two things that a person should do if they find themselves in that situation. Number one is you got to move out of the tit for tat mode mm-hmm. and I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to really give, and I'm going to do everything I can to make this marriage amazing and to give my spouse the life that he or she wants. Now, can it exist that way forever? No, that's called unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But try it for a period of time. Okay. You've committed to spend the rest of your life with this person. You got to give it a period of time. Okay. Number two is I would tell you like this make an accounting and think about your own life and think about what are things that I can do as an individual that I can really work on myself, regardless of my spouse. Let's say, for example, let's say I have an anger issue. Okay. Let's say I have an anger issue. So, you know what's going to happen? in my life, my anger issue is going to come alive at work. It's going to come alive in my community. It's going to come alive with my parents. You know where the place where it's going to come the most alive? Probably in my marriage, Mm -hmm. where I let my guard down the most, Mm. which is a different problem we can get to. Okay. (laughs) But if I just say, okay, you know what? If this anger issue is impacting all areas of my life, probably most likely my marriage, let me spend time working on that. And therefore, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to get a coach. I'm going to go to this seminar. I'm going to read these books. I'm going to listen to that podcast. You name it. And just take responsibility for you working on something that you bring to the table, okay, can also have massive ramifications in your marriage. So in a person in the situation you're describing, I would say those two things could be a helpful way as far as how they should try and move forwards, you know, for a period of time. Love it. Yes. I'm, I'm shaking my head the whole way through because that's exactly what it is. I really believe in to each own working on themselves as much as they can individually. So then they could bring it to the dynamics such as the marriage. I was curious what you would suggest in terms of a time frame. I'm sure you're going to say it depends on each person, but would you say give it your all for a month for two months or? I think that, you know, I, I, I find that it's gotta be a bit more time than you set. Things take time, especially if you have a marriage where there's been a certain kind of routine or a certain kind of pattern that's been built. It mm-hmm. takes a lot to shake things off. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I find sometimes working in seasons can go better, you know, for the, this is going to be my, you know, summer project, or I'm going to spend the winter focusing on this, but you got to get a bit more time. Obviously, listen, let's just put the disclaimer out there. If someone is in a very unhealthy or an abusive situation that is beyond the realm of this conversation. Yes. And I would like to just add right into here. I do have another podcast, uh, Shalom Task Force, which is an anonymous um, hotline. So for anyone who is in need in that way, please feel free to look that up. 
Because that's, that's, that's we'll put that disclaimer out there. That's not what we're talking about. But, you know, marriages, they get in patterns for a long period of time. And we, you know, settle into things. So to shake that up takes time. Mm-hmm. And obviously, listen, we live in a quick fix society, uh, right. instant gratification world. So, but I, but I think that, you know, if you committed, you know, at that wedding ceremony to be with this person the rest of your life, you got to really put in the time to see, is this going to go someplace or not? Yeah, for sure. I mean, unfortunately, we all know. What are the statistics right now that so many marriages end up in divorce? What is it? They're changing, but it's actually quite interesting. They're definitely, you know, listen, if you're in Vegas, bet divorce. You see a couple (laughs) walking down the aisle, bet divorce. There was an article that I read in the New York Times which said that the divorce rate is going down for two reasons. No money? Number one, people are getting married much later. Okay. Okay, and therefore, there's a better chance of it working out. And number two is that people realize they didn't need to get married and therefore they said, hey, we can just live together. If it doesn't work out, the quote was, we can just break our lease. Wow. What do you think about that? So, you know, I think that when you really understand what a marriage can do to your life, and if you do it properly, how it can change everything in your life, not just your personal life, every other thing that you do, that I think that it's a sad reality if people can't taste that. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to judge I think marriage takes a lot of work. I think that many things get in the way of people having successful marriages. But when you know what a marriage can be, you know, I just see that when people do marriage right, and it doesn't mean it's, you know, perfect all the time. It doesn't mean that everything goes the way you want it to go. I just see that they live in a world of happiness and a well-being that is beyond what words can describe. Wow. That's beautiful. Do you think that when one does get married, there should be technically, if you follow the rules, so to speak, and you put in the effort, no reasons to get divorced, that that there's no no concept of, well, I've changed or they've changed or, you know, I'm interested in something different, et cetera? So I, I think that there are reasons for divorce sometimes. What is fascinating is if you look at the world of second marriages, what a lot of people realize very fast is that the same issue they had in their first marriage, they have in the second marriage, which is, of course, good morning, because the issue is, you know, the very things you're bringing to the table. So they're going to go no matter where you are, even in your eighth marriage. But I think there is a world of divorce. But when a couple gets divorced, you want to make sure you're getting divorced for all the right reasons, not because you didn't put the work in order to make it happen. Right. If a couple really puts the work in to make it happen and they really push themselves and they get out of their comfort zone and they really do everything they can to try and make it work. But then for some reasons, maybe there's a change, maybe who knows what it's not meant to be. When they walk out of that marriage, they're going to have a much better chance of having a successful life post that marriage than if they didn't do that work. Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to ask you, okay, if a couple comes to you and they're not married yet and you say, read my book and call me when you're done, what would be, if they only had a chance to read one part, what would be your advice where they should start out at? So I think that the book is split into two parts. The first part is all the paradigms of marriage you have to have. And the second part is all of practical skills to kind of help make those paradigms come alive. What I usually find is people have to get their head screwed on straight first. Once we get the paradigm clear, it's much easier to act on it. So for me, I think that the most important thing I do with a couple when I'm I'm sitting with them is 
like we started with in the beginning of this conversation, let's define what a marriage is and what a marriage is not. Mm-hmm. Now that we define this, is this what you're signing up for or not? Mm-hmm. And do you agree? And the person, the person may say, whoa, that's not what I'm signing up for. So I get it. Great. So that's honest. Fantastic. So I find that, you know, it's interesting. People ask us, why do you need another book on marriage? Like there's 10 trillion books on marriage out there. Yeah. So what we found is that you know, what we, what we try, if, if someone had to say, you know, summarize the two main things you do in this book, what we do is number one, we define what a marriage is. And number two, we give you the PDF manual of how it works. And what we feel our book does is it kind of gives you those basics that now all the amazing marriage books that are out there can kind of go on top of. Okay. Yes. Yes. I see that. And I, I, again, so appreciate that because just as you said, we, we have this, you know, lofty vision in our mind for whatever reason. And also I wanted to bring up another point is many of us and myself included do not have the background and, or, you know, experience of what does marriage mean? Nevertheless, a book to define it, but from our own life growing up, we don't have that understanding of what love looks like and what giving and receiving and valuing and gratitude looks like. So you know, even the more so I would say that I'm sure I'm not the only one. And that I find is what really plays a strong role in kind of like, well, that felt normal, but maybe that wasn't or vice versa. So what do you say to that dynamic? So I think it's a huge thing, especially in the world we live in today, where more and more families are, you know, not functioning as a healthy unit. Mm -hmm. You have many marriages where people are married and they probably shouldn't be married. Right. And so that's why, you know, People ask me like, you know, are you a therapist? The answer is no, I'm not a therapist. I hold, I, the, the title I like to give myself is I'm in the world of marriage education. Mm. And just like for school, you know, you have a background in psychology, which you are, you know, leaning towards, you have to get trained. Right. And there's information out there you have to learn. So too in the world of marriage, this is not like something you have to be blind about or you're, or you're on your own with. There's a whole world of marriage education that of books podcasts, seminars, coaches, you name that can give you here is the meat and potatoes as far as what it should look like, how it should function, how to deal with differences, how to work through hard times. It's out there. And what I've seen is the difference between couples that are okay and couples that are great are those couples that before and during their marriage, they immerse themselves in their in the world of marriage education. So and, important. And, and, and the more, and there's so much out there, you know, we have so much access to great people and great resources. You know, I, I'm, I'm always so inspired when I see couples I look up to, and then you look on there, you know, you look what they're listening to on their, uh, you know, what podcast they're listening to or what they're reading. And they're reading books about better communication in their marriage, how to bring more gratitude. It's like, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's exciting and it, it, it is inspiring because I think that there is still very much so a big stigma and I'm I'm not in that space, so I don't see it, but I know that it is there when I do speak about it. Um, and there's no shame whatsoever in growing, learning, self-help, therapy, coach, books, podcasts, whatever you want to call it, because at the end of the day, it's my strong, strong, strong belief. And I have that proof on my own self is you have to be 
aware and know what you need help in and what you might be able to grow better in. And you're living your one life. So why would you not just want to try and do your best to be your best and feel your best? And the only way you're going to do that is by learning, listening, growing and asking questions. So I'm just so passionate about it. I'm not at all at my utmost best, but I'm learning every single day and I keep reading and I keep, you know, meeting amazing people like yourself. So (laughs) thank you. Amazing. Fantastic. So lastly, I really just wanted to tap on something like if, you know, I have lots of young teens coming to me and young adults coming to me for consulting. And of course, relationships is a big one. And I really love to direct them to your book and many others to share it. Listen, let's read the book together. Let's go over some pointers and let's discuss it. I would love to see how you feel, what you think. And so that way we can build this conversation just as we're doing now. What would you say to this person and or individuals who want to start the dating scene and build a relationship moving forward what would be like just a one quick tip of something from your book if you would what they could focus on for themselves and then hopefully they can continue to bring that into their relationship so i would tell you and we just touched on it marriage education start doing something today to educate yourself read a book about relationships read a book about good communication listen to a podcast about X, Y, and Z, find a dating coach, whatever may be there, begin to immerse yourself in the world of marriage education is the greatest thing. If you can be, bring that into your daily routine, just like you wake up, just like you make yourself a cup of coffee, just like you check your phone, you also have a time period in the day when you are reading, listening, et cetera, something about marriage, that will be something which will carry you through your dating and it will impact your marriage in the most tremendous way. I agree. And I'm so excited to share that because who I telling you when I was dating my husband, this was not around, like this was not (laughs) something talked about. Like it wasn't a thing to go to therapy before marriage. It was like, go to therapy because for yourself or whatnot. So I just get so excited because there's a chance and there's always a chance I should say actually. right? Right. There's always a chance. Correct. <laughs> so that, 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 that's how I, I would pitch it. If people can get that as a part of their life, it's just, it's such an awesome thing. And I've seen that with couples who are doing that. It's truly awesome. What can happen? Yes. Was there a, an inspiration to the book or was it just, you were learning about it and you were like, Oh, this is missing. Let me start writing about it. So a fascinating thing. Okay. So the, I never had a desire to write a book on marriage. <laughs> It was never something that I saw myself teaching a lot of, Hmm. but basically when I spent a lot of time working with many young professionals and, you know, dealing with different parts of their life. And what I saw, which is something that's so fascinating is that these successful human beings were so worked out when it came to their professional life. But when you ask them what's the most important thing, it's that marriage. And it was a place that they were the least qualified in and the least learned in. Mm-hmm. And I said, whoa, hello. Like, how can it be your number one priority? Like, you're totally not prepared for. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I spend so much time and still do with, with, with so many people just trying to, you know, educate them and get them ready for that number one priority in their life. Wow. In addition, you know, when we were looking for, you know, okay, what resources can I use? I didn't find resources that dealt with the basic fundamentals. You know, my background a long time ago is in the field of architecture. 
Cool. And the way architecture works is that everything is built on the foundation. Yeah. If the foundation is not strong, the whole structure falls apart. And so that's kind of like my mind works. I was looking for like all these like, like, like foundational work. Again, I'm a huge fan of all these marriage books. I give them out, you know, five love languages, yeah. you name, like I'm, I'm it. <laughs> but I couldn't find anything like super fundamental. And therefore that led us to writing this book. So those two things kind of got us to this point today. It's so cool. It's so, so cool. I love it. I love it. And you know what? That's like the perfect analogy because isn't it true? If the foundation isn't strong, solid, then any little tiny thing that comes your way, which by the way, it will come, but then you won't be prepared for it. And it could just totally come crumbling by. So that is why we need to get the book on Amazon. (laughs) Correct. And you have your website, notapartnership.com. And you guys can obviously find them on social. Before we end the convo, I have to ask you, what does confidence mean to you? Confidence means to me that an ability to celebrate someone else's successes. If I'm really a confident person, which means I really feel great about myself, I can celebrate people succeeding around me. If I don't have that, everyone around me is a threat. And I'm going to spend a lot of time in my head knocking each person down one by one. Wow. Love that. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me so today. Much. Sharing. It's been a real, and it, you, you are a voice for so many people. So whatever you're doing, just do more of it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today on chat with Betty, the podcast. I am your host, Betty, your glow up bestie. And I am just so grateful that you took the time out to listen to me and our guests. They are all incredible, sharing such valuable inspiration, tips and techniques on how to be our best self. Please remember to subscribe, follow and share your review. Cannot wait to see you next time. Bye.